Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hey there, I'm Carly Beth Rankin, and it's a pleasure to have you join me today. There's a spot at my table just for you. Now let's break bread together. Well, hello to you, and thanks for meeting with me again today. As always, I just want to ensure that you're caught up in this series before continuing with me any further. I would never want to throw you in the deep end before you've learned to swim. And I'm afraid if you jumped in now, you might feel as lost and helpless as if I'd done just that. So take a few minutes and go catch up on weeks one through three if you haven't already. But if I recall correctly, in last week's study, Jesus showed us how our sinful nature lays the black top that engulfs our hearts. We have to first bulldoze the hard pavement before God's seeds can sink in. In addition to seeds falling on roads, Jesus' parable had other seeds fall on rocky ground. Here's what Jesus had to say about those seeds. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Matthew 13, 5 through 6 in the NIV. The text says the seeds fell in rocky places where there was little soil. So in my head, I'm envisioning some soil spread across the field like peanut butter with rocks scattered atop like a sheet of raisins. Rongo bongo. What the text is actually referring to is the opposite. Not ground covered in small pebbles, but shallow soil on top of solid rock. I'm trying to imagine what aspects in our lives might cultivate that surface soil. Maybe it's there because we have ingested the word through our church services, podcasts, or the scripture art that hangs above our mantle, right? Which are all undoubtedly encouraging aids to our faith that help mulch the topsoil of our hearts. But the seeds planted in us require more than just that surface soil to grow deep roots. Jesus explained to his disciples the outcome when seeds are not firmly planted. He said, The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Matthew 13, 20-21 in the NIV. So initially, we receive the word with excitement and joy. Maybe our pastor's sermon pumps us up, or we see a verse on social media that fuels our day. Then the scorching sun rises and brings the heat. Suddenly, the word dries up as quickly as it was planted. And get this, the heat of oppression surfaces because of the word itself, which honestly totally makes sense because let's think of what the word is capable of. Number one, it's capable of creating. We see this in Genesis when God's spoken word alone created the world. Number two, it's capable of saving. James 1.21 says the word planted, keyword planted, it has to be deep within us. The word planted has the power to save us. And three, the word is capable of protecting. The word of God is our weapon against the enemy. The Bible refers to it as our sword. And 
that's just three things, just three things, a very condensed list of the power the word of God holds. It's no wonder the enemy desires to uproot it from our lives. Lucky for us, the Bible does tell us how to plant ourselves in a way that can withstand any simmering situation ignited against us. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 states, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. To be like a tree whose leaves never wither, we have to be that person. That person who takes delight in the Lord and meditates on his word day and night. Not allowing second sources to be the only way we partake the word but immersing ourselves in scripture every day, laying layers upon layers of rich soil thick enough to produce deep roots. Okay, so unfortunately, establishing deep roots doesn't protect ourselves from tribulation. I hate to break it to you, but in 2 Timothy 3.12, we are guaranteed that us who live righteously will face persecution. Just like we saw in the beginning in Eden and in the wilderness with Jesus, Satan will actually try to use God's words to pipe against us. He coerces the world and twists the truth in an attempt to burn us. He wants to leave us defeated and exposed, standing naked in the garden. The difference in whether we'll allow ourselves to be burned or not during those moments is the depth of the word within us. When Satan quoted scripture tempting Jesus to surrender his faith, Jesus stood firm in truth. He knew the word, he believed the word, and he didn't falter because of it. His example is our encouragement. When we have God's statues stored in our hearts, the Holy Spirit will bring them to remembrance when trials come. He'll remind us that Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18 in the NIV. The hardships we'll endure for pursuing a life worthy of the gospel of Christ will be exhausting, There's no doubt, but our hope rests in the unwavering truth that the persecution persecution we face on earth is just for now. One day, we'll receive glorious rewards for the obedience rooted in us today. And unlike our temporary troubles, our rewards in heaven will last forever. No sun will wither them up or take them away. By standing firm, we will win our souls. All that to say, it is crucial, friend, that we have more than just topsoil lining the outskirts of our heart. We need layers of subsoil underneath so we can take our stand against the enemy's schemes. We need to get in the word, to know the word, so we can use the word and stand in the word. So the next time Lucifer turns up the heat, 
We can draw our swords, rebuke his stance, and demand he leaves our kitchen. Sound like a plan? Oh, dear Lord, thank you so much for the revelation you've given us today. We ask that we engulf ourselves in your word, Lord, that we would store up your words in our heart and that you'd remind us of your truth whenever the enemy's schemes come against us. It's in your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Next week's Soil Seekers is going to be good, I think. I'm excited, and I can't wait for you to join me. Um, May God bless you, and have a great, great week.